He turned to leave and stopped short. Someone stood behind him, a stout man with a bulbous face and black curly hair. His complexion was ruddy, the nose too red, fine veins visible in his cheeks. The man had the arms of a soldier, despite his frivolous outfit, which was, Adeline admitted grudgingly, quite fashionable. Dark slacks that were trimmed with forest green silk, a short open coat over a stiff matching shirt, scarf at the neck. Toral Sadius, High Prince, Shardbearer, and the very man Adeline had been thinking of, the single person he hated most in the world. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book two, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 37 and 38. If you are behind in your reading and you have to catch up, I would suggest going back and making sure you do read. You don't want to miss anything that's happening right now. (laughs) This part, part three, is amazing, so you don't want to get left behind. If you've chosen the wrong episode by accident, please go back and uh, find the right one. You don't want to be left behind. I'm sure there are some laughs that you're going to miss. But if you are exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he was just telling me how much he loves his new Uncle Sabariel. It's Jack. What's up? <laughs> uncle Sabubs. Sabubs. Hey, Uncle Sababs. It's yeah. my Sababble. It's, hey, it's, it's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I did not expect our young Shalan. Actually, you know what? I should have I should have expected it. Once they were describing where that uncle kind of positioned himself in between all the others. Yeah, it's pretty kind of smart right? on so his part. It kind of makes Yeah, and it's it make, smart it on makes, her behalf to kind of see it too, right? That's what I yeah. Well, and she says so it was Yasna's training like, yeah. you know, put yourself in the place with the most freedom and this kind of thing. So, that was a big surprise, but I was I was kind of hoping for a bit more from these two chapters. Like I I had kind of dreamed up a bunch of silly nonsense in my in my mind well which, i saw uh, you in person you, but... yesterday too uh you drove yeah. down to ottawa here to hang out with uh, our buddy jay and do some did, record uh record shopping which all the record stores were closed because it was remembrance <laughs> day but um, can we go into a one of those archaic uh record shops and grab some vinyl and the answer was no, no you can't <laughs> no you can't um oh, but okay, uh, so great. i saw you in person yesterday and whenever i did see you i was like oh i can't wait for you to read those two chapters they're amazing so maybe yeah. i kind of pumped you up a little bit too much and you were expecting yeah, like, a little well, more you, you got me super duper ex- i was already excited to see what shalon was going to do with the room right but 
And then as certain characters were revealing things, which we'll talk about, I was like, you know, just, uh, I don't know, just dreaming up possibilities, which didn't, of course, uh, arise because, yeah. of course, that's not, not the way it's going to go. So, yeah, I think I was uh, wanting more from, from these two chapters, but what we got was certainly quite quite neat yeah it's definitely so, um like this is like a a point that we've been going towards you know shalon having to tell navani about yasna we've been like expecting this for chapters and chapters and chapters now so i'm just glad that we yeah. finally got to this destination though the journey was worth it <laughs> so this so chapter 37 starts off with another excerpta From the Words of Radiance, chapter 13. Now, as each order was thus matched to the nature and temperament of the herald, it named patron. Mm -hmm. So that I thought was really interesting. Right. Um, And particularly the the use of the word patron, because it reminded me of Navani in the previous chapter. Right. Referring to herself as a patron. Right. So I was wondering if... If there was like a little... this head, this figurehead, whom all those under take their, their lead from kind of thing. Right. And, and that's thus for the heralds and the Knights Radiance, right? The Knights Radiance orders were, were dedicated to each of these, uh, heralds that had already existed. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So each order matched to the nature and temperament of the herald named patron. There was none more archetypal of this than the stone wards who followed after Telenilat Ellen, stone sinew, herald of war. They thought it a point of virtue to exemplify resolve, strength, and dependability. Alas, they took less care for imprudent practice of their stubbornness, even in the face of proven error. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh... That's quite fun. Yeah, so that gives us an idea of who the Stone Wards are. We find right. we get a new and we get a name, a new name, Stone Wards. Yeah, but it also yeah. gives us a little bit of an insight into Talonel, uh, uh, um, uh Ellen, or Taln, who Tal- we just read Talenalat. about. Right. If Talenalat. we were to believe that Taln is the Herald of War, it gives us a little bit of idea of his temperament as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stubborn. Yeah, and stubborn, stubborn in the face of proven error. Right. That's, that's a dangerous kind of stubbornness. That's yeah. like, you're willing to go off the cliff. Right. So before we move into the actual chapter proper, proper here, okay, I just yeah. want to point out that the chapter title is a matter of perspective. Right. And this is literally what we've been talking about this entire <laughs> book, right? Like we've kind of doubled down on this theme. This reminds me of Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah. So I, I'm certain that. I'm guessing that this book was written before Ratatouille. I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> I don't know when. Actually, I actually, you know what? I don't know when the release of these novels was. I have no idea in terms of time. That's true. When well, was, I mean, you can just look at the front of your book. I could, but I don't think I have. Or if I did, I certainly didn't didn't re- remember the actual release. Let me see here. Let My hardcover was recently released in 2014. So 2014, and I have no idea when Ratatouille came out. 2014, so he must have been writing this for a few years prior. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Anyway, so a matter of perspective just reminds me of the the villain in Ratatouille, this uh, Anton Ego, this food critic. And at the end of of the animated feature, he dares the cook. He says, you know, 
I'll have perspective is what I'll have. Right. Oh, you don't have any? Then you provide uh, the meal and I'll provide the, the perspective. Right. So, um, Ratatouille was so, released in 2007. So way before oh. Words of Radiance. Oh. However, I don't really? think one necessarily no, I know, I know. the I, other. I, I'm just... <laughs> It's just me doing the thing that like, like when I'm, when I'm, when I'm reading, I'm just like a matter of perspective. When I hear the word perspective, it reminds me of Ratatouille, one of my son's favorite films. We watched it. I wonder if Mr. Sanderson was inspired by Ratatouille at all. (laughs) I hope so. I hope we're going to see some rats. Yeah. uh, Some Kremlings. There's a Kremlin inside someone's hat. This you pulling on their hair. (laughs) It's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, so, the meeting, it takes a break and, uh, they weren't done of the meeting. It didn't seem like they'd ever be done, but the arguing was over for a moment. Mm-hmm. And Adeline is thinking, how did father stand it? Two full hours have passed, hours of high princes and their wives complaining and complaining and complaining about the assassin in white and nobody could agree on what to do. But really in truth, nothing could be done. Adeline was thinking, well, nothing except for what I can do. I can practice and train and I can face the monster. So I find this interesting from his perspective. It's like no one else comes into his view here. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't mention his father. He doesn't mention his brother. He doesn't mention Kaladin. No. He thinks of, he thinks of himself. Like what, what can be done about the assassin in white? Well, it's, it's me. I can, I can train and I can face the monster. And then his inner, and his inner thought pokes through here and it says, and you think you can beat him? When he can walk on walls and make this very spread of nature obey him. So he's like, right. bravado, only I can take care of him. And then inside yeah. he's all like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> like, do you, you really can't think do you anything. can do this? Yeah. <laughs> well, Adeline had recently, it says here, changed out of his plate into something more appropriate. Because remember he was keeping it on. He yeah. wouldn't, didn't want to take it off. Right. Well, his father said, look, um, we need to project confidence, not fear mm-hmm. at this meeting. And right. I need you to wear something more appropriate. Right. So he got to wear his fancy clothes. Well, fancy in so much that he still follows the codes. So they're like fancy, right. like nicely tailored uniforms. Right. Because even later, uh, Shalon says, uh, oh, yeah, he's wearing the he same looks kind good. of uniform as the others are, but he looks fashionable for but some reason. But he's got tuss- tussled hair <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. His and, hair is a little messy. Oh, oh. Yeah, his, his is like <laughs> double stitched or something. It's got like a cross stitch right. on it. So it looks really nice. <laughs> Well, General Call is there. Yeah, he wore the armor. the armor instead. Yeah. Yep. Father seemed to think it would it, uh, it would not uh, be likely that the assassin in white would strike during this meeting. So that I think is probably a reasonable conclusion. It says here in this paragraph that there there are so many there's so many shard, shard blades and plates here. I think it says three of the high princes were wearing their plates. There are a number of other shard bearers in attendance. And Adeline names them off. Mm-hmm. Um, Abrobadar, Yakimov, Resi, Relis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's, there's a number. And actually, Adeline notes here at the end of this paragraph, he says, I can't remember seeing so many in one place at one time. Right. But the funny thing is, is that we know as a reader right. that a room full of shard bearers, expert mm-hmm. duelists and all these high princes would not yeah. fucking stop Zeth. And then they even talk about it in the next little paragraph here. Right. Like, right. would it, any of it matter? You know, we know, uh, uh what's his right. name? Uh, the, uh, King of Yakaved, Hanav, Hana, 
Vanar. Ooh, that was tricky for my mouth. Hanavanar. Hanavanar. Um, he freaking stacked the deck. <laughs> is, that, he had... is that from the Muppets? Is that from the Muppets? Hamanama. <laughs> yeah, the king of Yakaved, Hamanamana. <laughs> um, yeah. But he stacked the deck. He had three full shard bearers, and everybody in that room had one of those uh, 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 shields, those half shields. Uh-huh. And. He freaking, he didn't even need his sword. Remember? He's like, I'm the weapon. I don't even need my blade. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're, they're they're like, he's not going to attack this meeting. I, you know what? I don't, I think that's why Dalinar, that's why Dalinar toward the end of this chapter or next, I can't remember now, but he does say that we need to stop thinking about striking at, Right. At the assassin in white and need to be striking at the reason why he's here. Right. Because you can't stop him, but you can stop no. who's hired him. Right. Right. We can talk about that a little more later yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're a little misguided in that as well. I so, think. Th- so there were kings being slaughtered. Um, ruling bodies have been decapitated all across Rashar and Yakoved. The assassin had reportedly killed dozens of soldiers who had half shard shields. Right. Which apparently can stop blows stop shard from a shard blade. Yeah. Okay. So half shard shields, as well as three shard bearers, including the king. Yeah. It was a crisis that was spanning the entire world, and one man was behind it, assuming he was even a man. I really like that last line. Me too. That like Zeth is a crisis spanning the whole world. Like it's like climate change or overpopulation or starvation. He is a one man catastrophe. Right. It's Darth Vader, really. I mean, it's, it's this unstoppable, uh, entity going from place to place. No one can stand up against him. No, no, no matter how many warriors you have and what your best armored are, your best, your best weapons. He's unstoppable. Yeah, he's unstoppable. It's, it's a real problem. Like, how, how do you how do you circumvent? How do you solve do you a problem like against... Zeth? How do you solve a problem <laughs> like Zeth? Well, I think Maria. I think Maria would have been um, a little more deadly. This is the second time, and and just you know, a handful of episodes <laughs> we've sound made of mer- sound of music jokes. So, <laughs> oh, I love Maria. I am sixteen, going on seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember the lyric, "Baby, I'm on the brink." <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. Okay. Adeline finds himself a sweet cup of wine, the orange wine, basically juice. <laughs> it's pretty much we've decided that that's juice. <laughs> yeah, basically juice. <laughs> I love he just, it so and he much. goes he goes looking for Relis. Yeah. So Relis is the son of Ruthar and Ruthar is a uh, high says, prince. Relis, Relis Ruthar's, Ruthar's son and star yeah. shard bearer was a man with a face like a shovel. Yeah. So this is Adeline's perspective. He wore a frilly outfit of green and yellow and Adeline's thinking, it's not even interesting. He had to, he had the choice of anything to wear and he chose this. What a, what a, what a loser. Adeline wants to be <laughs> a judge on Project One Runway. He's like, listen, Heidi, move aside. I know what I'm talking about. I did. I just find it so funny. Me like, too. Look at I that find shirt. it funny. Why is he wearing that? Like, oh, it doesn't even go with his eyes. <laughs> it's not what even interesting. <laughs> it's not even interesting. It wasn't even interesting when it was made. That's so funny. Um, he was a full shard bearer, one of the few in the camps 
And he was also the current dueling champion. Yeah, so this guy's got a And that's good... why he's going up to him. Yeah, this is... And remember, um, this is <coughs> Ruthar's son, and Ruthar is the closest ally to Sadius in the war camps. Like, right. He's the other high prince that are kind of... Uh, they're working together. Right. Well, he's standing there. So this this uh, Relis character is standing with his cousin, mm-hmm. who's named Elite, Elite. or Elit. Elit, yeah. I think um, Elit sounds nice. Elit, and there, there's a group of three of Sadius's attendants that are there. These right. are women in traditional Voran Hava. Mm-hmm. And one of these women is named Malali, and he, she gives Adelin a pointed glare. And he's thinking, <laughs> when he yeah. sees her, he's like, oh, geez, what have I done to annoy her again? Uh, it's been forever since we've recorded. Right. So just Another hilarious. Like, you can't, you can't swing a spear dude, in the war camps and not hit someone no. that Adeline's dated for sure. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's <laughs> complete. Well, even, even one of the other, uh, high princes later, like sets him as Amaram. Yeah. Talks to him about it. He's yeah. like, are you still doing that? Are, are you, you still, still after the- Are you still girl crazy? Uh, Relis Adeline says, I just wanted you to know that I found it very brave of you to offer to fight the assassin yourself when you spoke earlier. It's an, it's inspiring that you'd be willing to die for the crown. Yeah. Relis scowls at him. And then, but this is funny. This is Adeline's like internal clock here going, or internal voice. He's like, how did someone get a face so flat? Have you been dropped as a child? He's so (laughs) cruel, dude. Yeah. So cruel. Yeah. He's sort of like then, a mean uh, boy, like a mean girl, but boy <laughs> at like high yeah, school or whatever. I know. He's Regina. He's, Reg- he's, Reg- <laughs> he's Regina. Right. Yeah, you're what, right. Her, what was her name? Regina George? What's I think it name? was. Yeah, I think that's right. Regina, Regina is definitely the first name. You're, you're talking about Regina. Rachel McAdams' character, right? Rachel McAdams' yeah. character yeah, yeah. in Mean Girls. Yeah, he's yeah, totally that. that good except movie. that he's, a, he's an actual high prince. <laughs> and we like him. <laughs> he's, he's Regina <laughs> George. I think it's Regina George. Yeah. Anyways, um... <laughs> how, how do you get a face like that? Did, did you fall? Did Were you dropped drop as a child? As a child? <laughs> so horrible. That's so horrible. Um, uh, hang on. I lost my place here. Okay. Yeah. How did you get a face like that? <laughs> and then he's, yeah, he's like, so Relis is uh, saying, you're, you're assuming I'd lose. And Adeline's like, well, of course you would. I mean, let's be honest, Relis. You've been sitting on your title for almost half a year. You haven't won a duel of any importance since you defeated Epinar. And then he, he, or no, she fires back. This is Malali. This, this is, Malali. is the girl that, yeah. yeah, this is one of his exes. She says this from a man who spent years refusing almost all challenges. I'm surprised your daddy let you come to, t- to, uh, let, let you free to come and talk. Isn't he afraid you might hurt yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to, nice to meet you too, Ma- Malali. How's your sister? Off limits. And then oh, he right. remembers. That's, that's what I that's did. What I like, that's done. what I've done. Honest mistake. And, then, <laughs> and that honest mistake, dude, that was my alternate title. Oh, yeah. 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 Honest mistake. It's yeah. That's I really funny. Um, I don't yeah. know what happened, but please someone tell He's me like, there's fanfic of that because that would be hilarious. Oh, right. It was honest mistake. Well, he, uh, he mistook. He must have made out with her sister and thought it was yeah. her. This is like yeah, a, she's off limits. Oh right, that's what I did. This yeah, is a mistake. This is the plot of like an eighties <laughs> movie or whatever. Like, oh god, yeah, it's perfect. Um, honest mistake. Relis Adelin says you claim you'd face this assassin, yet you're afraid of dueling me. It's protocol, Adelin. I'll duel you once you fight up through the brackets for uh for a year or two. 
I can't just take on any old challenger, particularly not in a bout with our shards on the line. Any old challenger, Adeline says. Relis, I'm one of the best there is. Are you? Relis asked, smiling. After that display with Ereniv? Yes, Adeline, says Elit, his cousin. This is Relis's cousin. You've only a, a handful of duels. You've only had a handful of duels of any consequence in recent memory. In one of those, you basically cheated. And in the second, you won by sheer luck. Right. And these are the two duels that we, we witnessed, right? That we witnessed, The cheating yeah. one was when he went at the guy, like, strong-arm tactic, hitting him over the head with his sword, like, yeah. completely just destroying oh. him. And then the second one was when we saw the fight through yeah. Sadius's eyes, and Sadius right. is like, oh, I see what he's doing. He's making it think that, seem that seem this like... actual opponent <clears throat> has a chance at beating him. Right. Right. Um, Rella says, well, if I bend the rules and accept your challenge, uh, Adeline, then it will break the storm wall. I'll have dozens of inferior swordsmen nipping at me. And Adeline says, well, no, you won't because you won't be a shard bearer any longer. Right. You'll have lost to me. So confident, Rella says, listen to him. He ignores the rankings for months and then leaps back in and assumes he can beat me. Adeline says, I'll wager both my plate and blade and my brother's plate and blade. Along with the shard I won from Aaron of five shards to your two. You're a fool, Colin. <laughs> I'm, offer- I'm offering it here before witnesses. Before he says that, though, his cousin, <clears throat> Elit, is like, yes. oh. He started. He, like, he, he perks up, right? He's like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. that's a He's lot. He's interested that's in That's a this. big haul here. Oh, right? this is a good gamble. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll take those odds. Yeah, because Alan's like, this guy's does. only, uh, uh, he doesn't have a plate. Or no, no, he was only, oh, he no, only he had plate. He doesn't have a he sword. He has plate. Right. He doesn't have a blade, yeah. So he's like, oh, wow, that's a lot of swords I can, I can choose from. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. So he it looks over cool. at his cousin thinking like, are you going to do this? Like, do this, because I know right. you'll give me one. <clears throat> right. Um, I'm offering before witnesses, Adeline says, you win this bout, you take every shard my family owns. What's stronger, your fear or your greed? My pride, Rella says. No contest, Adeline. So this annoys Adeline. He right. thought he had him and he's frustrated because he's thinking, well, geez, I'm, I really need to keep these duels going. Right. And he's shutting me down. This is no good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then Adeline turns toward Elliot because he noticed the uh, Elliot's response. Mm-hmm. And he says, what, what about you? And Elliot looks him up and down. Elliot's looking like he's going to take the bait. And then Relis is like, Elliot, like, no, like. And then Elliot says same to Kaladin, same, same offer, you're five to my one. And even though, knowing it was a terrible deal, yeah. Adeline is like, same offer. Yeah. Because he's got to do it. He's good. He needs to win. He needs to win shards. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I'm in. I'm in. So Elliot says, I'm in. Yeah. Adeline says, uh, you told me to fight through, up through the brackets, Adeline. I'm doing that. Ad- Adeline says to Relis, I'm, yeah. and I'm doing that. And then he's like, yeah, but not my cousin. And Adeline says, too late. You heard it. The ladies heard it. When do we fight, Elliot? Seven days. On Shashel. And then Adeline's like, how about tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, so he's, he cha- yeah, he's like, that's a little long. He's like, giving you t- time to train and stuff. He's like, how about tomorrow instead? Relis snarls at Adeline. I can't see why you're so eager, Adeline. Shouldn't you focus on protecting that father of yours? It's always sad when a soldier lives long enough to see his wits go. He has started, has he started wedding himself in public yet? 
So Ooh, this is goading him. Yeah. So the, what Adeline realizes here, <clears throat> um, uh, Adeline realizes <laughs> that he's trying to goad him into hitting mm-hmm. Relis. So that right. if he hits Relis, then Relis can say, uh, any contracts that we have with the Colon House, which is this contract of the fight, is now null and void because he struck me in public. Right. Right. So this is like kind of like a way of trying to get his cousin Ellet out of the fight. Right. I know. <clears throat> and then, and, 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 um, Adeline sort of, um, goes into a brief description of how it would play out if he had taken this goading. Right. And it, and it wouldn't have been good. It would have like voided all the contract right. and dual agreements mm-hmm. and all this sort of thing. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, but he, he doesn't go for it. Um, and then it does comment here in the next paragraph that Ruthar, who is Relis's, that's Relis's father. Or Relis's, was more uh, yeah, and more, Relis's dad, yeah. Relis, yeah, yeah, Relis is his father and that more and more he had become and was acting like Sadius's right hand man. Mm-hmm. And then beating, beating Relis, if he could get to him, would bring him one step closer to the real goal, which is to duel Sadius himself. Right, exactly. And then... He turns around and to leave, to our, and then there's Sadius, the Sadius right is there. Right there, yeah, yeah. This next little blurb here you read for our our dramatic read already, um, so yeah. it'll be part of the episode. But what timing this is, right? Another duel, young Adeline says. Like I thought this was crazy. I'm like, what? How like, much of that just... has he heard? Like you know what I mean? Like was he there the whole time? Yeah, you don't know. We don't know. Well, and that's dangerous enough right there is that Adeline was speaking and then turned around and didn't know Sadius was there. Right. So he could have said anything. So that's, yeah. So thank God he didn't say anything too uncouth, right? Because even Sadius in this little conversation here says, don't speak up too loudly because if anybody else hears you. You can't insult me in public. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That was an interesting thing. Okay. So Sadius says, another duel, young Adeline, taking a sip of wine. You really are determined to embarrass yourself out there. I still find it strange your father abandoned his prohibition of you dueling. Indeed, I thought it a matter of honor to him. Adeline pushes past Sadius. Doesn't yeah. want to... No. Doesn't, doesn't want to engage. Doesn't, it says here in the period, he calls him an eel of a man. Yeah. This is Sadius, an eel of a man, which I thought was nice. Yeah. But also, he says that he doesn't even trust his own instincts to talk to him. Right. Like he's, he's so like, I don't... filled with rage and he hates this man so much that he's just, yep. you're right. He doesn't trust himself around him. So it's better just to not engage, yep. get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, cause so, what he ends up, ha- what's he... happening here is he has a little bit of a flashback to the battle yeah. on the tower, right? He, he thinks of the battle. He thinks of his friends, Havar, Parathom. Ilmar, all these soldiers, all his friends he had that all died on the I plateau. I guess a tribute to Kaladin. Sorry, right? say that again? Like, um, th- this was such a nice tribute to Kaladin, or like, this was so much like Kaladin, I thought. Oh, right. When, he, when he's naming right. these, the, these, these men, Havar, yes, yes. Yeah, you were this mentioning This is exactly Parathon. what Kaladin would do. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. And I love that, 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 that Adeline... I like it when the when Adeline and Kaladin share some things. Yeah, because uh, you know we you know? we've said this before. We want them to be friends. We want them to be buddies. That's what the be reader. Awesome. I, Kaladin. Yeah, Kaladin I think has so. Bridge Four, and he's got Teft and Rock and everything. But he need, and yeah. he's got Moash. Moash is his like one true friend. But, but he, he also he needs, needs shards. A, he needs more friends. And shards. Yeah. And blades. Yeah. Imagine imagine Bridge Four with shard blades. Yeah. Right? 
imagine like if adeline if the duel if adeline i don't know if could, that would work though dude because they don't use swords they use spears they were trained on spear if if kaladin and teft can train on spear i'm sure that they could train on. i'm sure sword. they would it would just take more time that's all you're right you're right take take, take more time yeah. Yeah. maybe zale could train them all yeah That'd be amazing. Yeah. He'd be grumpy like, and shit. Bridge four, bridge four with, 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 with blades. I would love to. I, see uh, that. there's a, I there's a, um, uh, a like, uh, <laughs> fanfic moment here where Zale and Teft are standing next to each other, scowling at all of bridge four, <laughs> both of them just <laughs> yeah. mm, scowling at both of yeah. all of them. These yeah, pathetic, useless. <laughs> Why bother? Useless. Yeah, exactly. Why yeah. G? Why G even show up? <laughs> uh, yeah, get the fuck off my training practice ground. But yeah, you're right. I really do like this. That's a really good point. Um, <laughs> this is th- this naming uh, fallen soldiers and remembering them is definitely a cal move and uh, good good get because that's that's an, an important part for Adeline too. He's still tra- a little traumatized. Yeah. By it. Well, so a- after his names, after his names, he says all of those people had died that day. When Sadius betrayed us, they and 6,000 more. Right, right. Yeah, these are just a sample sizing, right? And then Sadius grabs Adeline's shoulder, like not wanting him to leave. No. Which I thought was very bold. Yeah, it's it's almost crossing the line, right? Well, because it shows that it's the only way that you could make Adeline listen to you. You physically had to do something. Right. You, you had to grab his shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he pours it on this part with with Sadius, what he says to him is really great. Mm. And I think, I think he means it. I well, think he, he, he basically said it to it. Dalinar. Yeah. He said it to Dalinar already. He said it, he said, I was doing, trying to do you a favor. Right, man. Yeah. He says, you think, you in this- think what you will, son. But what I did was intended as a kindness to your father, a tip of the right. sword to an old ally. And then uh, Adeline's like, let go, trying to get away from him. I know. I like the fact that it's not like, like, like let go as in one sentence. Yeah. That it's period, like right. let And they're both in go. italics yeah. in the book. So it's like really emphasizing how he's saying yeah. it. And then he says, if you, yeah. if you lose your mind as you age, pray to the almighty that there are people like myself willing to give you a good death. People who care enough not to snicker, but instead right. hold the sto- sword for you to fall on it. As you fall on it. That's. And then I, I, Adeline does, does kind of lose there's it here. A little bit of an, there's a little bit of honor there, right? Well, he's trying to spare you embarrassment. He, he basically, he has no, um, uh, interest in the way of Kings. He's really has no interest in this perceived way of honor. No. Um, he's, he's, he dictates um, his own honor and what it means. He's here for, he's here for power and gemstones right. and to keep things going you, the way that they are. He says he's, something like this and you, you want to believe you're like, maybe he's right. But then you remember that he didn't just hold the sword for Dalinar to fall on it. He killed 6,000 other men. So there's a huge right. difference there, right? Of giving Dalinar an honorable death and also causing yeah. the death of <clears throat> many innocents, right? So, yeah. Well, I think it just, it speaks to how um, cheap life is to Sadius. Right. 
which is which is completely deplorable, dangerous. It would. I mean, it doesn't matter what Sadius says here. No. You can't. You can't square that circle. Um, I, I trying agree to with say that. That, guess... that that because it's honorable for for you know, I'm going to save you some embarrassment. Oh, and by the way, six thousand other people have to die because of that right. uh, honorable thing to right. do. Come on, give me a break. But see, the the thing yeah. I think is is that Sanderson, <clears throat> Mr. San, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. I don't use that very Mr. often. But Brandon. he writes Sadius in such a way that oh yeah, he's convincing. It's... It's Absolutely convincing. Yeah. Well, n- nothing was more <laughs> nothing was more annoying as a first time reader as I think if you read it whenever yeah. as when you have that confrontation between Dalinar and Sadius the after the Battle of the Tower. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get this confrontation and then Sadius has the audacity to say I was only I was only having your best interest in this uh, Dalinar. <laughs> Yeah, and you, it, it you would, like tend to believe like, him. You're like, holy like, shit! Like getting rid of you, getting rid of you would actually save what's left of your family a lot of embarrassment. Yeah, and it would save Alucard. It would it would unite yeah. us. And you're I like, know. what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, what? Yeah, he's, he's I know. got a it's, silver it's tongue. Brilliant. Guy, yeah. It's brilliant. But, uh, but again, these confrontations are just so dramatic and you just can't help but side with Adeline's next comment. For sure. Because he says, Sadius, I'll have your throat in my hands. I'll squeeze and squeeze, and then I'll sink my dagger into your gut and twist. A quick death is too good for you. Mm-hmm. Sadius says, careful. It's a room. It's a full room. What if someone heard you threatening a high prince? Yeah. And then the next paragraph says, "In the, the it was the Alethi way. You could abandon an ally on the battlefield, and everyone could know about it. Yeah. But if you insulted a high prince in person, that just wouldn't do. Society would frown on that yeah and then it says nalan's hand his father was right about them all right what's nalan's hand well nalan is another herald oh that's that's where i know that name from right. okay okay so, so that's another, another herald it's another one of those Got moments it. where someone it's uses hard a saying, it's hard to keep track of it i wish i i should probably make a list there's 10 of them right? so, so and can... there's 10 of them and remember they all the, the, each <laughs> each of these right. 10 have different versions of the name of their names Right, right, so, exactly. Like, like tel, uh, Telenalat? Yeah, Taln. Taln, Stone right? Stone sinew. You know, there's many yeah, different right. ways to yeah. invoke their names, right? So, right, right. Yeah. It's complex, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so that's that confrontation. So he, I think he leaves. No, uh, right, he does leave, and then uh, the, he, he hears a voice... He turns in a quick motion, pulling out of Sadius's grip. His next moves yeah. were by instincts, fingers balling, stepping into preparation to plant a fist in that smiling, self-satisfied face. He does that like yeah. dramatic pullback, and he's about to friggin' punch yeah. Sadius out, and then the and then he gets the another hand on the shoulder. The yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Amram grabs. I don't him. think that would be wise, Bright Lord Adeline. That was, and that's uh, that's Amram, uh, who's now beside him. Um, we get to know his first name. I don't know if this is the first time it's mentioned or the second. I don't think it Bright is. Lord Meridus Amaram yeah. was wearing a proper uniform and he says, you mustn't let him provoke you, your highness. He'll use you to embarrass your father if he can. Mm-hmm. And Adeline's like, well, why do you remain with him, Amaram? He is my liege, Lord. You're a rank. You're of a rank that you could choose a new liege. Stormfather, you're a shard bearer now. Nobody would even question you. Come to our camp. Join with father. In doing that, I would create a divide, Amram says. 
So long as I remain with Sadius, I can help bridge the gaps. He trusts me, and so does your father. My friendship with both is a step towards keeping this kingdom together. Yeah, but Sadius will betray you. No, High Prince Sadius and I have an understanding. We thought we had one, and then he set us up. And this actually jars Amram just a little bit. Mm -hmm, a little bit. Um, and I like the way um, Adeline notices, um, and also the way Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, describes Amram here, that he walked with full decorum, with a straight back. Right. A res and nodding with respect to those that passed by, a perfect light-eyed general. I almost imagine like a middle-aged, like, I don't know, Christopher Lee or something. Like somebody very commanding yeah. and just very... Outwardly um, perfect, right? Outwardly perfect, yeah. yeah. I think Amram might be a little more broad and muscular. Remember but, in, um, uh, we got a, a really nice metaphor um, in the first book about these shiny breastplates worn by horrible men. And like, that's what, right, that's yeah, what Amram yeah. is, right? He projects this shiny, beautiful breastplate, but on the inside, yeah. he's not yeah. that person. Right. Yep. Um, he'd spent the majority of the war diligently training new troops and sending the best of them to Sadius's camp, which I guess would include Kaladin. T uh, technically. Technically. So I, I like that. I was thinking, oh yeah, that's true. You did. You yeah. sent one of the best to you Sadius's did. And now camp. he's the captain of the guard. As a, yeah, as a slave. You put him there as a slave mm -hmm. and then, yeah. Your father is a man who cannot bend, Amram says. I wouldn't have it any other way, Adeline. But it does mean that the man he has become is not someone who can work with High Prince Sadius. And, and Adeline is like, well, you're different? Yeah. Yeah, yes. And all Adeline can say is, I doubt that. Right. Sadius and I agree that the means we choose to reach an honorable goal are allowed to be distasteful. Your father and I agree what the goal should be. A better Alethkar. A place without all the squabbling. So I find, I find that interesting that Sadius and him agree that the means with which you can achieve this can be whatever. Right. You want, you want to sacrifice 6,000 people on Go the ahead. battlefield and turn your back on Dalinar Colon because it's better for a better Alethkar? Yeah. So, so be it. Right. But, but yet the goal that he shares with Dalinar is- Is the same well, goal, we do need, which is- We do need to make a better, better Alethkar. Alethkar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. He seems to be playing, trying to play both sides, but I, I, I don't know. He totally is playing both, both sides for sure. But then he says, we need to get rid of all the squabbling. It's a matter of perspective. Right. So there we get, there we get the title. Mm -hmm. If Amram started quoting the way of Kings, uh, Adeline was going to start vomiting. He's like, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear this anymore. Like, <laughs> I love Bleh. it. Like, I, I don't want to hear it anymore. That is so funny. <laughs> He'd probably scream. And, and then, then he's like, oh, wait, wait a sec. Oh. <gasps> What is that? Who's that? Who is that? Vicky Vale. Oh. <laughs> Who's that girl? It's, it's, it's Vicky Vale. Gorgeous red hair, slender build, silken blue dress, simple yet elegant, pale skin, light blue eyes, a light dusting of freckles under the eyes, giving her an exotic cast. I was enjoying this description, I have to admit, when I first read it, and then when it got to pale skin, I'm like, oh, like a clammy vampire? Like, no. Oh, I don't. No. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just Gross. saying. Like I, I, I just thought like, oh, <laughs> Shalon's a vampire. It's <laughs> just. I don't know. I just hey, find uh, you like, need to get some sun. Yeah. yeah. 
I do like it so when these, some of our main characters go ahead. meet some of our yeah. other main characters and we get that nice description because we get to see what they see, yeah. you know? It's yeah. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. No, I just, I just thought it was funny yeah. because whenever I think of pale, I think, I just think of Billy Connolly's comments about Scottish skin being close to like an icy blue and stuff. And I'm just, I just laugh out loud and my, my internal laughing um, starts to happen. Yeah. Um, so dusting of freckles, that's, that's cute. Giving her an exotic cast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash's eyes, Amram says, you're still doing that, are you? Doing what? Letting your eyes be drawn to every flitting little thing that's around, that swishes by. You need to settle down, son. Pick one. Your mother would be mortified to find you still unwed. Now, that's interesting that he knows what his mother would have wanted. Right. So he knew her, right? I guess. So I think that's a little ding ding, little hint hint Mm -hmm. at things to come. I don't know. Am I right? We'll see. Is that a, is that a, uh, it's a, it's a something, it's a, it's a move on, sir. Move on. (laughs) That's a move on. Yeah. Yeah, So Amram's involved in that. Oh, well, I I mean, we know (laughs) that Amram and Dalinar are close friends. So that's, this seems to indicate that he was friends with Dalinar back when his wife was still in the picture. Right. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yasna's unwed too. She's a decade older than me. Assuming she was still alive, of course. Your cousin is hardly a role model in that regard, and his tone implied more. Which we know a little bit about it, because in the prologue to this book, Yasna is the main POV, and she says that Amaram had been courting her for a while, and she was just not interested in him. Amaram was quoting uh, Yasna. Yeah, he was trying to get into into that hava. (laughs) <laughs> he was trying to get into he's trying to see that safe her that's what he's trying to do he's trying to get into that safe oh. pouch oh okay he, he, he okay yeah. alright well you have to have goals <laughs> um <laughs> Adeline says look at her Amram Lo- looking at this young woman of course this is this is Shalon yeah that hair have you ever seen anything such a deep shade of red Veden I'd warrant horn, horn eater blood there are family lines that pride themselves on it and then he thinks, Veden, yeah, it, could, it couldn't be, could it? Excuse me, Adeline says, and walks away from Amram, shoving him, shoving politely, it says, his way over to where the young woman was. And he overhears uh, her talking to his father and, and his aunt. Yeah. Yeah. And she's saying, the, the red-haired woman is saying, Bright Lady Yasna did go down with the ship, I'm afraid. I'm sorry for your loss. Right. That's the end of that chapter. So... Whoa, so great chapter. It's a great chapter. Um, highlight, I think, I don't know. Highlight might be have to, might have to be, what did I do to her again? Oh, yeah, right. Her right, sister. sister yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I did. Um, yeah, honest mistake. Honest mistake. <laughs> honest mistake is my, is my favorite. I like that a lot, too. <laughs> that's really funny. That's chapter. really, really funny. My, um, um, my highlight is kind of a secret. <laughs> yeah, my, my highlight's a secret. Actually, my highlight's only for the listener, not for you. My highlight is what? that this chapter sets you, you up. You can't tell me? I can't really tell you why, but I'm going to just tell you that this chapter sets up the Elit fight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. 
So that's why it's your favorite that's, because that's, that's there's something about the Ellet fight. something about the Ellet fight that comes up later. And that's why this is my highlight because it's awesome. So you will, you'll have to get to see. Oh, your highlight is a secret. Secret, secret. You, I got a secret. You, my favorite part you. of the chapter. Secret, secret. I got a secret. <laughs> I've got a secret. <laughs> so chapter 38, The Silent Storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Silent Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Silent Storm, not so silent. No. Um. Now as the Windrunners were thus engaged, arose the event which has hitherto been re- been referenced, namely that discovery of some wicked things of eminence, though whether it be some rogueries among the Radiance adherents or of some external origin, Avena would not suggest. Yeah, this is a little bit confusing. There's... It is. Clearly something uh, especially that they're for talking me. about. <laughs> so what I've kind it's of another... gleaned from it is that um, yeah. they, they've definitely name-checked the Windrunners here. And we know that yep. Cal has the surge bindings of a Windrunner and right. uh, that they were busy and engaged when something happened. Um, this the, something. The Windrunners were engaged. Yeah. yeah. The Windrunners were engaged when something happened, when it had been, uh, uh, and whatever the thing that happened had already been referenced earlier in the book of Words of Radiance, not the book we're reading, but the book this is quoting from. The, yeah. Right. So we don't know what that thing is. And we don't know why the Windrunners were already engaged in it, but it's, it's, it's some, uh, kind of an innocuous excerpta. You know what I like the most here is, uh, I like it when it says, uh, though, whether it be some rogueries among the radiance. Mm-hmm. So, because that makes me think of Shalon. Because she exhibits, in my personal opinion, some many rogues, many roguish, uh, qualities but, and yet, now we know she's able to produce a shard blade. Right. So, she exhibits um, radiant qualities, shall we say. Right. So, I thought that was cool. That's um, neat. So, we we start right, right off where the, where the other chapter left off. So, Shalon is like, sorry for your loss. I, I, have, I have brought with me what things of Yasna's um, I was able to recover. My men have them outside. Right. So this is just continuing the conversation from last chapter here. Right. Yeah. This is a great conversation too, between her and Navani and uh, Dalinar. It's kind of sad, but there are some things I want to, I want to talk about. Sure. Um, the image that she'd drawn of herself came to her rescue. She's like, and it comes to a rescue more than once in this chapter. Yeah. She has to be that woman. And she, she, because she's thinking about Yasna and she's thinking about becoming grief stricken again. Right. And letting it, letting it overtake her. But she says, no, I am the woman in the drawing. That's who I need to be now. And I'm going to push through this loss. Yeah. I like how he explains that. He says, return the emotions like surging waves, threatening to overwhelm again. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she... She pushes on with this conversation with Dalinar and Navani. Um, Yet again, we get another wondered, character uh, describing other characters that we know. Um, I really like this, though. It's, it's I really like her description of Dalinar. Yeah, I know. She she's looking at Dalinar and she's like, "I wonder if those bruises on his face were the result of the campaign against the Parshendi." Navani looked like a version of Yasna, twenty years older, still pretty, though with a motherly air. And then she thinks, I 
can't imagine Yasna ever being motherly. Yeah. What she says about Dalinar here, I like too. She says, he's a man with blunt features, short black hair, silver on the sides. A stiff, mm-hmm. u- the stiff uniform His made stiff... him seem like the only one who knew anything about combat. Like In the room, yeah. And that's what, that's why they do it, right? That's why they wear the, yeah. the uniforms they do because it makes him look like he knows what's happening. Whereas everyone it's else is walking a, around with such frilly a and, yeah. Yeah. The codes. Well, though Adeline, Adeline loves that. Yeah. Um, Navani is, uh, so smiling as Shalon approaches and it says here again, this is brutal. And yeah. like, I, I really am, I w- am wary of Navani for s- just little things. I don't know why. Just, yeah. I'm just wary. But you kind of feel um, for her here, eh? And you can like kind of. I feel for her. Yeah. Because it says here in the text, she still had hope for her daughter. Right. And Shalon is thinking, I just crushed it. Right. So Dalinar says, I thank you for bringing us this news. It is good to have confirmation. Yeah. And, and Shalon feels terrible. And she says, I do have information for you. Shalon says about the things that Yasna was working on. Navani snaps here and says more about those parchment storms. That woman was too fascinated by them ever since she got it into her head that she was to blame for Gavilar's death. Yeah. Oh, and this is interesting to Shalon. She's like, I don't know about this. Right. She's like, what was this? Yeah. What was this? Navani says, her research can wait. I want to know exactly what happened when you think you saw her die. Now, that's what gave me hope. Yeah, because Navani still isn't buying it. Right. And I know I should accept Yasna's death. I get it. But Navani, just in that sentence, I want to know exactly what happened when you think you saw her die. Right. Like, you think you saw her die. That's what I know as Navani. This is, this is like, a couple of things, That I think right? is interesting. That is interesting. This, this says two things to me. It says, one, the Navani still has hope, even though Shalon just crushed it. Navani still has hope. And two, yeah. she knows Yasna probably better than anyone in the world. Right. And if... She's like, I want to know exactly what you saw because I know my what daughter. What you think you saw. Yeah, yeah. What you think you saw because I know my daughter and she's fucking resourceful. Right. So you need to tell me you saw her literally fucking die because if there, if you didn't see it, then it didn't happen yet. You know what I mean? She's got so much faith in her. Right. But then that all goes away here. If because it's illusion, like the, the only thing I can think of is that like... There isn't much to go on, I find, to keep hope alive in the text. I'm trying to find little bits. This right. was one little bit. I, of course, I, I get it. Y- Yasna's dead. That's it. I get it. But her own mother mm-hmm. is like, just, you know, tell me the details with regards to what you think you saw. Yeah. Like that, that speaks to me a bit. Yeah. Dalinar know. tries to like get them to talk about it later. He's like, let's just do this later. You know, we are in the middle of this meeting and, and she's like, no, Dalinar, we're doing this right now. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know I love now. that pushback. Yeah. Dude, I love it when the Blackthorn, like he's the most, he's the biggest man in control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not around Navani. No, no, that's the, that's the great thing about Navani. Yeah. It's the great thing. Hang on. I want to, I want to go over something here. Yeah. Her research can wait. What you think can happen precisely as you remember it, girl, no details. And then, yeah, Dalinar says perhaps about the after, perhaps after the meeting and he touches her tenderly, which, which surprises Shalon. Yeah. So that's neat. 
And then she says no, Dell. Like she actually says no to the Blackthorn. Right. Well, the reason why it's surprising Shalon is that she's like, was this not his brother's wife? Yeah, I know. So she's all like, that's why it's confusing. Very, very perceptive. Her passive yeah. perception in D and D is off the fucking charts. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's higher. Her passive perception's higher than the actual what she could roll. Exactly. You're right. It's totally. <laughs> right. You're totally right. Passive twenty four. What's your deck score? Um, or what's your um, um, your wisdom score? Well, it's only fourteen. It's because she has to roll with disadvantage all the time. That's why. That's why she always runs up rolling horrible. Um. As she gathered her thoughts, she noticed a blonde-haired young man walking toward her. This is Adeline. Mm-hmm. He's handsome, uh, wearing his blue uniform uh, like his father, yet yeah. somehow more stylish. She's right. like, is that the right word? Like, she's not so much aware of style, but... Yeah, but she knows <laughs> when she sees it kind of thing. She's like, is that style? I think that's style. He might just coming toward he, me with some style. He might just be it? really handsome. <laughs> Oh, I, dude, there's some moments here. I just love the way Brandon, Mr. Sanderson, um, writes this up. He's yeah. just so amazing. Um, she turns back to Navani and she says, well, I, I woke up in the middle of the night to shouting and the smell of smoke. I think that's an indicator too, but we'll see. Yeah. I opened my door to unfamiliar men crowding around the doorway to Yasna's cabin across the companionway from my own. They had her body on the floor in brightness. I watched them stab her through the heart. I'm sorry. Now, um, Navani did tense and flinch here. She yeah. tensed up and flinched. And uh, Shalon can't divulge everything. Like, she's right. not about to blab on about, oh yeah, by the way, I did all this soul casting and weaving of light and blah, blah, right. blah. So she's, she's not telling that. What she says is like, look, I hid in my cabin. I barricaded herself in there. Um, I heard men yelling up above as they were being executed one by one. I realized that the only hope I could give them was a crisp, was sorry, uh, was a crisis for the brigands. So I used the torch I'd taken and set the ship on fire. And this made me nervous when I read it first. Right. Because Navani's like on fire with my daughter unconscious. And then Dalinar's like, yeah, Navani, you doomed her. Yasna wouldn't have been able to swim like the other. She, so I thought, oh man, like this could be Shalon's undoing, like from saying I'm going to light it on fire and right. then it becomes, then it becomes Shalon's fault. Right. Well, Shalon so, has to explain why the ship sunk, <clears throat> right? One, she can't say right. I soul casted the ship and it sunk. She has to tell them <laughs> why it sunk because the, the right. brigands didn't get away with the ship. So right. she has to say something. Right. Well, what's interesting there is that you've got in the, in the order of things, I woke up and I smelled smoke. Then Shalon's dead. I heard people being executed and then I lighted on fire. Right. So if someone was listening, it's out someone of order. who's really good at investigating stuff, they might find that hole in that story there. Right. See, that's a hole I find. Right. So, um, so I put in, I put a note about that. The smoke is, and I also think the smoke may not necessarily be referring to fire. Like, wasn't one of her abilities, like, she turned something to smoke? Remember when Yasna was in the, um... She the can soul corridor? cast... If she can soul cast something into something else, she can definitely turn something solid into smoke. Right. Like, yeah, I'm I don't pretty know. sure Yasna I don't know, soul cast one of those dudes be... in the alleyway into smoke. 
I'm desperately trying to cling on to hope. Like I, I think Navani has it, although she does leave after this and, and walks away. Navani, so. Navani's upset here because Navani still thinks, even after Shalon says, I saw her get stabbed through the heart, that maybe, the heart. That, that maybe Yasna is alive because then she can't swim like the others did. Yeah, it's like because she's unconscious. Why, but the reality why? is, is that she's not unconscious. She's dead. I know, but this is but this is my point, Sean. Is that like I think that Navani? I'm glad you brought that up because I thought about that too. And I'm like, why? Why are you still talking about Navani? Or sorry, about Yasna, even possibly being able to swim? Right. Shalon just told you that she got stabbed through the heart, mm-hmm. which means to me that Navani doesn't necessarily believe that that was Yasna. Or that a stab to you know, the heart you know could kill her. Or that a stab to the... Which is, which is weird. Which I'll is admit weird. that's really weird. Without okay. having any knowledge but, of Yasna's abilities anyway. as a Knight's Radiant, we know that um, Stormlight can what? heal, but Navani doesn't know that Yasna has the ability to, 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 to use Stormlight. So... You know, that doesn't really coalesce in, into a, um, an actual theory, you know, well, uh, for her. unless turning things into, you know, different things, that's, you know, that's the thing. Okay. Like, it, like, if it, like, what if you were to turn, I mean, I, I don't really know the extent of her powers, but what if you turned yourself into smoke and something else into you? I don't know if you can do that with soul casting. I don't, there's and I, no, I don't know There's either. no evidence of that actually being able to be possible. Right. And, and I'm not trying to suggest that Yasna is alive or whatever, because I, I don't. Because soul casting is convincing the thing to turn it into something right. else, right? So. Not to mention, why would Yasna want, why would Yasna. Uh, survive this thing and then to what to then watch Shalon pull her trunk around and barely survive becoming right. you know what I mean it doesn't make yeah, sense yeah, yeah. so I'm just saying that I'm like Navani I, I do cling on to this hope it, it does get crushed a couple of times here right and um, it's like kind of the final nail in the coffin of your hope but I was it is um, and Navani said you, you doomed her and then Dalinar's like Navani and he's speaking a little more firmly this child's choice was good you can hardly expect her to have taken a, 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 on a band of men single-handed. And after what she saw, Yasna was not unconscious, Navani. It was too late to do anything for her at that point. Right. And then uh, she says, ah, I, I, I apologize. She says this to uh, Shalon. Mm-hmm. I'm not myself at the moment. And if I stray toward the irrational, uh, thank you for bringing word to us. And she says, excuse me. And she leaves. Yeah. She just leaves. So that, that for me was like, oh, so yeah, there, yeah. there's, the, there's the end of hope. So she watches Navani leave. And then, then she does a bunch of things here. She watches Navani leave, takes a moment to check on pattern who is on her skirt, invisible, hopefully hoping that he stays quiet. Dalinar says, I assume your trip here was an ordeal shipwrecked in the Frostlands. Yes. Fortunately, I met with a caravan and traveled with them this way. We did encounter bandits, I regret to say, but we, but we were, uh, were rescued by the timely arrival of some soldiers. Soldiers, Dalinar says, from what banner? They did not say, I take it they were formerly of the Shattered Plains. Deserters. Hmm. I have not asked for specifics, Bright Lord, but I did promise them clemency for previous crimes in recognition of their act of nobility. They saved dozens of lives. Everyone in the caravan I joined can vouch for, the, for their bravery of these men. I suspect they sought atonement and had a cha- uh, and a chance to start over. 
I really Donner love says, this here because Shalon oh, so perfect. Shalon is saying that they chose. She didn't convince them. Right. They chose no. to help. She's like even right. giving them more honor. How she takes a picture and takes Gaz and draws him as being honorable. She is now presenting yeah. them as honorable as well. As Not honorable. just in art, yeah. but in yeah. life. You know. Well, it it would. It's almost the way. If you see the art, yeah, then the words she's saying now is describing the art. Right, 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 right. Right, it's coming. So to it's being. it. Yeah, it's so cool. And then, but I love that this is when this is when I texted you uh, for for the first time yeah. regarding this. Is he says I will see that the king seals pardons for them. Mm-hmm. Prepare a list for me. Hanging soldiers always feels like a waste. Dalinar doesn't waste soldiers. No. Not like Sadius. Not like he doesn't Sadius. waste life. Yep. Right. Yep. And then. He, so that's when I text you. Well, wow. So she just got clemency, right? right. So that's I, I know. I know it becomes official at the end of the chapter, but she got clemency right then. She got it. Like she got what she wanted. Like, it was basically like other than telling, like order number one was telling Dalinar and especially Navani that Yasna is gone. Right. So job number one there, and job number two was clemency. She went right for what she needed to to do. Right. Keep her word. Keep Vatha, Gaz, and others intact. Safe, yeah. Keep keep anybody they talk to intact. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big deal. Um. Anyways, um. Shalon relaxed. One item dealt with. Right. So that's one thing offered offered check with. I think it was two actually because she did t- t- uh, talk about Yasna. There's another matter of some delicacy that we must discuss, right, Lord? And, and she wants to talk about Yasna's work. Right. Right. And she's looking over at Adeline and she's like, oh, he does have a nice smile. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, I, I, when I was first told that I was going to get married to this guy, it was more like, okay, I'm marrying into a powerful house. It can protect my brothers. This gives me right. legitimacy. Like, you know, I'm, and I'm her award. So it, you know, there's, it's perfect. But like now she's like, hmm, hmm. maybe I like this guy too. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> So Adeline comes over, he's holding onto a cup of this orange. So he's holding on to orange crush. Right. <laughs> orange juice. So it's he not, says it's orange drink from so, McDonald's. Sorry. I'm sorry. C, is, it C, is it C plus? Is no, it C plus? I, I think it's not even orange juice or drink. I think it's orange drink. <laughs> orange juice or the orange drink from McDonald's? Yeah. You like the that, ones you used to get in the random, big barrels at yeah. school and stuff. Yeah. The orange drink. <laughs> so he goes over. <laughs> Pours a little thing. He from hands her. <laughs> he hands her one of those paper cups. Hey, only the best for you. Only the. Um, here you go. <laughs> it's orange drink. This orange drink matches your hair. <laughs> Shalon Devar. He says, "Um, was she? Oh, right. She, she takes the cup of wine. Yes, I love that dude. That line. Well, she's isn't that amazing. She's pretending to be the picture, right? He, he says her name. Yeah." And she, and she's like, um, and then she, in her, inside of her head, she's like, am I? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And she takes the cup. Right. That's really cool, dude. Yeah. I really like that. Um, Adeline Colon, um, he says, I, I'm, he says his name, Adel, Adeline Colon. I'm sorry to hear of your hardships. Uh, we will need to speak to the king of his sister. I can spare you that task if I might go in your place. Thank you, Shalon says, but I would prefer to see him myself. Of course, Adeline says. As for our involvement, it did make a lot more sense than when you were Yasna's ward, didn't it? Probably. Though now that you're here, perhaps we should go for a walk and just see how things feel. 
I like to walk. <laughs> and then she's, she's like, I like to walk. And then she says, um, your hair is nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. She is tripping. so awkward. She is tripping, dude. She's tripping. Where's quick witted Shalon? Well, apparently lost in some tussled hair. On she is. She's completely lost. <laughs> She's lost in the tussled <laughs> hair. Yeah, she is. Um, he's like, oh my God, hair reminds me of it. My hair. Yeah. He's like, of course. <laughs> I, I like to walk. Um, your hair is nice. My hair. Yes. Trying to get her sluggish brain work. She's like, come on. Like Yasna, help me training tin. Where's tin? <laughs> Where's Yasna? Yeah. Blonde hair isn't uh, often seen in Yakoved. She says. Well, some people see it as a mark of my bloodline being impure. And she says, well, funny. They say the same thing about me because of my hair. Ah, oh, they have a moment. Uh, they have a little oh, little bonding moment over their cute. hair. So, uh, Dalinar clears his throat. So Shalon is, so she's shocked that Dalinar is still there. She's like, oh yeah, right. Shit, we flirting just, right in front of his dad. <laughs> and, and Dalinar says, Adeline, can you fetch me some wine? Father? Um, oh, all right. All right, then. He walks off. And then she says, she's thinking, Ash's eyes, that man was handsome. Right. She turns to Dalinar, who, well, wasn't. This, I, I love this next description, dude. This yeah. made me laugh. So, so she's like, oh, Adeline, he was so handsome. And then she turns to Dalinar and she's like, oh, yeah, well, you're actually not. Yeah. <laughs> he was distinguished, but his nose had been broken at some point, And his face was a tad unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> And the bruises didn't help. But the next line is great. In fact, he was downright intimidating. Yeah. Like, I like picturing the Blackthorn. You, you've read um, The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. So just this, like, this, like, an older Batman, a Batman who's, like, you know, done yeah. every fight on, on the ring, yeah. right? Like, he's just, you know what I mean? Like, he's just a brute. Yeah. Um. So downright intimidating. I would know more of you, he says, the precise status of your family and why you're so eager to be involved with my son. I was shocked at Shalon's response here. She's so truthful here. And that's what surprised me. Yes. Because I thought, okay, this is going to be the rogue. There's going to be some deception. Mm. There's going to be some... You know what? I, why I but, like it so much is that Shalon, ever since she set forth to Carbranth, has been lying yep. to herself and to others. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately. And this yeah. is one of these rare moments when Shalon is completely truthful. Right. Like, there's no ulterior yep. motive here. When it comes to this thing with uh, um, um, Adeline, there's no... Th- there, there's no reason for her to lie. She just says the truth. This is what Yazda and I's plan was. And this is why. Right. I'm right. destitute. I fucking need help. My family's destitute. My father is dead, though. Um, hang on. Though the people to whom we owe money do not yet know it. And I had not considered a union with Adeline until Yasna suggested it. But I would seize it eagerly if allowed. Marriage into your house would provide my family with a great deal of protection. Right. She lays it all out. Yeah. That's every card. That's like me playing poker. You're like, like, guys, I got threes. I have three guys, threes, guys. I got, I got three threes. I'm probably going to play I'm threes. I'm all in, guys. I got three threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she can tell um, right away, frankness seemed to be the right approach with this man. She can tell well, just by looking at him, it, how eh? do I deal with him? Oh, you know what? Being open and honest with him is probably the right road. The right way. Yeah. M- maybe she does. Maybe she does think, like, you know what? With the, with, with 
the Blackthorn, like there's no... She knows a little bit about him from that book that she read of Yasna's, right? On the road. Right. So she, maybe, yeah. maybe Yasna wrote hey. in her book, like dealing with Dalinar is always best when you are straight up. As we're about to find out, she knows a little bit about everyone. Right. Thanks to Yasna. Thanks. And thank God was, for that book. That might be my favorite highlight of this chapter actually is how much she knows prior. Right. When all these people are being introduced. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's dude. really awesome. Um, Okay, so this, he says to her, so you have nothing to offer? Like, he's, pre- he's pretty bold back to her. Yeah, yeah. And she says, yeah, but from what Yasna said to me of your opinions, I did not assume that my monetary or political offerings would be your first consideration. If such a union was your goal, you'd have had Prince Adeline married off years ago, with all due respect, Bright Lord. So that's a great response back. Yeah. Like, hmm, if from money what was I your know only about goal, you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Dalinar says, no, no offense taken. He I likes it. I like it when people are direct. Yeah, not he just likes because, it. Just because I want to let my son have a say in the matter doesn't mean I don't want him to marry well. A woman from a minor foreign house who professes her family is destitute and who brings nothing to the union? She says, I didn't say I, uh, I couldn't offer anything. Bright Lord, how many wards has Yasna Colon taken in the last 10 years? None that I know of, he says. Do you know how many she's turned away? I have an inkling. Yet she took me. Might that not constitute an endorsement of what I can offer? Hmm. It's a pretty, pretty good argument. It's, yeah, it's really she great says, of her. It's really smart. And this is what he offers her, which I love the fact that they didn't clean this up. It gets interrupted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he says, he says, we will maintain the causal for now. He says, the reason I agree to it in the first place still stands. I want Adeline to be seen as unavailable to those who would manipulate him for political gain. If you can somehow persuade me, Brightness, Navani, and of course the lad himself, we can progress the causal to a full betrothal. In the meantime, I'll give you a position among my lesser clerks. You can prove yourself there. So he says, you can prove yourself. Right. So he's going to be, she's going to be a lesser clerk. This is exactly what she didn't want. She's already proved herself. Yeah. So that from she's him proved herself that to her, to she's us. like, she's proved herself to us and to Yasna. Not, I, I guess not, not to, to him them. personally, yeah. but yeah, the offer though generous felt like ropes yeah. tightening about her. And I thought, oh man, she's not going to take the deal. No, and she doesn't. She's about to tell His, him no when they get interrupted. She's about to. And then she's thinking the, the, this next line, Sean, this, this is me. His charity would be her prison. Yeah. And it's true because she's got all this stuff. She went on the way here to the palace. She went through a list of all the things she needs to get done. You know, revenge for Yasna, find Urthiru, infiltrate the ghost bloods, all this stuff. And she can't do that if she's working in a basement room writing notes. No. No. Right. I know. So it's wonderful. Yeah. This is is generous of you, Bright Lord, but... um, uh, I actually have Delinar. Somebody interrupts. I love it. It's great. Yeah. She she doesn't get to finish her 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 right. her you know her counter to uh, to the, that offer. The interruption comes from Sabariel, which is really funny because that's right. what she ends up going with. <laughs> Delinar, are we going to start this meeting again sometime today, or am I going to have to order a proper dinner? The plump bearded man was, of course, this is Se- uh, Sabariel. He is wearing a loose shirt warrior skirt which is called a takama mm-hmm. open fronted robe and uh Dalinar says fine fine sabariel and uh they resume the meeting 
Elakar, of course, is there as well. And she notes that the king, though the king is there, Sabariel goes to Dalinar to resume the meeting. It's not the king who's resuming it. So that's interesting. She she definitely formulates an idea by the end of this chapter that it's Dalinar who seems to be in charge, not the king. And this is like a first inkling of it. Totally. Next paragraph has um, another one of my concerns regarding Shallan. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, it's littered throughout this, this um, rhetoric um, of, of this, this book so far. Um, number of the parchment kept the tables filled with wine, nuts, and fresh uh, fruit, fruit uh, fresh and dried. Shallan shivered each time one of those passed her. Yeah, this is getting back to what you were saying before about um, Shalon well, potentially buying in too much into Yazda's research oh, yeah. without I mean, any real she, proof. Without confirmation. Yeah. Like, so she, all, all the others are coming in, they're sitting down in their lavish chairs, there's these tables behind them that have uh, all of these things placed on them, and of course the parchment are maintaining all of this, they're, they're, they're serving these, these light eyes, mm-hmm. and the king and everyone else, um, and all their wives, and... Shalon shivered each time one of those passed her. You're describing a person, a, a people, an intelligent being as one of those. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's almost a good title too. Mm. One of those. Yeah. Um, Sadius is there. She can see visible red veins on his skin. I like that little description. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to command as much respect as Dalinar and his wife... Ayla, slender-necked woman, thick lips, large bust. She also, according to Yasna's notes, was very shrewd, as shrewd as Sadius himself. Yeah. And then she goes on and on to describe all these people. Aladar, yeah. who was a renowned duelist. He was powerful, known to gamble. Right. High Prince Ruthar and his wife, little more than thieves, Yasna said. They're dangerous and opportunistic. Right. Adeline sits down mm. behind his father, and then her next comment that I wrote down was about Bright Lady uh, Jayla Ruthar, who first speaks up and says, Your Majesty, I fear that our conversation this day has run in circles and that nothing is being accomplished. Your safety is, of course, our greatest concern. And Aladar speaks up and says, Yes, the assassin in white. We must do something. I will not wait in my palace to be assassinated. Royon says he's murdering princes and kings all across the world. She note she notes that um, Royon looks like a turtle with his turtleneck. Right. But again, I'm going to say, what's a turtle have? A shell. Right. So Royon could be. A, a she survivor. reminds herself here that Yasna said that he's a coward that he'll always he's choose a cow- the safe option. The safe option. Right. I see. I lo- I love that so much that each of these uh, characters in the room, mm-hmm. she knows a little bit about. Um, what they're about from Yasna and their weaknesses. Right. So it provides Shalon with, you know, the perfect... Lots of perspective. Lots of perspective, right. Yeah. On how she can manipulate them. Right. Um, So he's a coward. Haytham speaks up and says, we must present a unified Alethkar. We must not allow ourselves to be attacked one at a time and we must not squabble. That's precisely why you should follow my commands, says, uh, says Elokar. Yeah. No, Ruthar says, it is why we must abandon these ludicrous restrictions that you've placed upon us, your majesty. This is not a time to look foolish before the world. Sabariel says, listen to Ruthar. 
He's an expert at looking like a fool. Right. So what Shalon has really figured out here is that there's three factions going on. Right. There is the Sadius camp. Right. Who want to vie the king to stop these restrictions and loosen the, his hold. There is Daladar yep. and the king who are trying to hold on to these restrictions and make the uh, high princes right. do what they want. And then a third faction in the middle that both the side factions are trying to convince them to join their side. Right. And she just picks this out just by sitting around and listening to them for a little bit. And listening to them. And yeah. this is really politically amazing for her to be able to figure all this <laughs> out, right? And then she says, um, she says here, uh, led by Hatham, who seemed when he spoke the most natural politician in the room, his third group sought to mediate. So this is what it's really about. They're trying to each, they're each trying to persuade the neutral high princes to join their faction. To join their faction. Yeah. And then she takes a look and she realizes there's something deeper going on between Sadius and Dalinar. We have the luxury of knowing exactly of knowing. what that is. Right. But she's on the outside looking in, not really. She wasn't here reading The Way of Kings with us earlier last year. She, right. <laughs> she was in Carbranth <laughs> reading a bunch of other books. So. Yeah. Listen, she was listening to the bells. Yeah, exactly. So um, she, um, so, but she does, it's astute enough for her to realize there's something going on. And she refers to it as there's a storm in this room, a silent one. Right. A silent one. Yeah. And, and just the sentence prior to that, it seemed that Sadius. And, and, uh, Dalinar, um, when their eyes met, they locked on one another, rarely blinking. Yeah. And that was the storm. It's like intense. There's like an intensity yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So e everyone seemed to fall uh, into one of these three factions, except for Sibariel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she does get that. Yeah. He seems it to wasn't be the one person who doesn't give a fuck about any of it and doesn't, right. doesn't put himself with any of the factions. Right. And she's like, aha, that's my safe place. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the rules themselves that seemed to matter, but the authority behind them. How much would the high princes submit to the king and how much autonomy could they demand? It was fascinating to her. So again, just her listening to all of this is just, it's she's really absorbing cool. so much. Her, her little gears are, are turning. Mm -hmm. So, and then someone speaks up. Yeah, she says, I, I like that she says, it's fast, it was fascinating, right up to the moment when one of them mentioned her, and then it stopped yeah. being fascinating. And, then, and she's like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Like, I'm, it's like spotlight on her, right? So, yeah, this is a who's um, that girl moment again. Who's that yeah. girl? <laughs> Wait, says Vama, who's that girl over there? Does anyone have a Veden in their retinue? She was speaking with Dalinar, Royon says. Is there uh, news of Yakovid that you're keeping from us, Dalinar? You, girl, says ILA Sadius. Right. So she's the first to address. Right. Notice, notice that? Yeah. No you, one's, girl. everyone's talking uh, about her, but not about to her. About it, and not ELA to her. talks to her, right, yeah. Right. What can you tell us about uh, your homeland succession war? Do you have information on the assassin? Why would someone in the employ of the Parshendi seek to undermine your throne? All eyes turned mm -hmm. towards Shalon, and she felt sheer panic. But then she remembered her drawing. That's who she was. Right. Again, that moment. A lot, right? So that drawing saved her twice now. Right. Because she could have crumbled under talking about Yasna. Mm -hmm. She didn't. And now the spotlight's on her. Yeah. And here she says so perfectly, Alas, I will be of little use to you, bright lords and bright ladies. I was away from my homeland when the tragic assassination occurred, and I have no insight into its cause. Haytham says, Then what are you doing here? 
Sabariel speaks up. She's watching the zoo, obviously. The lot of you making fools of yourselves is the best free entertainment to be found in this frozen wasteland. <laughs> yeah, Sabariel's awesome. I love that. Shalon says, I am the ward of Yasna Kolin. My purpose here is of a personal nature. And Al- Aladar speaks up. Ah, the phantom betrothal I've heard rumors of. Right. That's right, Ruthar says. And, he, and he's described as having a predatory smile. Yeah. And he says, child, what would it take for you to visit my war camp and speak to my scribes? I need to know what is happening in Yakaved. Royon says, I will do better than that. Where are you staying, girl? I offer an invitation to visit my palace. I too would hear of your homeland. So she's so instantly become princes. a hot commodity, right? Right. Yeah. The two, the two who had just invited her were among those Yasna rated the least politically savvy. Right. So Aladar Haytham would wait until a private time to uh, basically inquire with her or to request her, right. her uh, presence. Yeah, and exactly. And it's funny because they're, they're using this whole front of, oh, we want you to tell us about your homeland of Yakaved. That's not what they want. They want her right. now because she's betrothed to Adeline or will to be. Adeline. And they want to try to get dirt on the Colins, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Dalinar says, your concern is warranted, Royon. She is, of course, staying in my war camp and has a position among my clerks. Actually, Shalon speaks up, I didn't get a chance to respond to your offer, Bright Lord Colin. I would love the opportunity to be in your service, but alas, I have already taken a position in another war camp. Stunned silence. Dude. <laughs> no one says she no knew to what Blackthorn. She, right. She knew what she wanted, to, except for Navani. Except for Navani and Shalon. She knew what she wanted to say next. A huge gamble, one of which Yasna would never have approved of it. But she found herself speaking it anyway, trusting her instincts. It worked in art, after all. Remember, this is something that you said you loved. Isn't that cool? Where she takes her experience as an artist and applies them to life, you know? Yeah. Being able to see the lines and how things are going to work. Remember when she started coming up with that plan to go and confront Vatha and the deserters? And she described it as seeing the lines coming in on a canvas perfectly. She saw the plan. This is like that, too. I know. It's, It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um... She says, uh, Bright Lord Sabariel was the first to offer me a position and invite me to stay with him. The man, al- Sabariel, almost chokes on his way. <laughs> He's like choking on his wine. <laughs> he looks up over the cup toward her, narrowing his eyes. And she's thinking, come on, please. Please, please. yeah. And he says, um, <clears throat> that's, that's right. She's a distant uh, family relation. Couldn't possibly live with myself if I didn't give her a place to stay. Shalon says, his offer was quite generous. Three full bromes a week support. Sabariel's <laughs> eyes bug out. Dude. Like, they're going to pop out of his head. This is awesome. Dalinar says, I, I wasn't aware of this. Shalon says, oh, I'm sorry, Bright Lord. I should have told you. I didn't find it appropriate to be staying in the house of someone who was courting me. Surely you can understand. He frowns. Um, what I'm having trouble understanding is why anyone would want to be closer to Sabariel than, than they need be. Oh, Uncle Sabariel is quite tolerable once you get used to him, like a very annoying noise that you eventually learn to ignore. <laughs> to which this comment, to which this comment, Aladar, Aladar catches this comment and starts smiling and Sabariel laughs out loud. As she'd hoped. She, she's read him perfectly yeah. again. She's read these people perfectly hoped. and she knows that Sabariel will find this hilarious. 
<laughs> Let me ask you something before we keep going here. When yeah, go you, ahead, go ahead. When you, when Sh Shalon says, actually, I, uh, um, I, uh, uh, I'll I'll be staying in. A, uh, I already took a position in uh, uh, somebody's war camp. Did you think she yeah. was going to say Sadius? Because before you said that she, you were worried she was going to align was my herself concern. with yeah. Sadius. Yep, hundred percent. I remember that earlier as being like, oh boy, you know what? Because because Brandon, Mister Sanderson, loves to create tension and, right. and create things that are interesting, and you know. So I thought, well, what better tension would there be than you know having the uh the woman who's you know supposedly to be betrothed to Adeline and colin but he's not she's not staying with she's them staying she's in the sadius's Sadius war right. camp like i thought wow that would be really really yeah, great and her and, um her her reasoning for it was when she read that book by yasna when she was traveling through the frostlands it said that he was ambitious and willing to risk things and she thought right. maybe i could convince him to to want to find ur and that could be a big risk right. or whatever yeah right yeah yeah, so, so really it neat. turns out to not not be the case. No, it for does now, not. Yeah, for now. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so so great. Um, so uh, so so Aladar is laughing about it. Sabariel or smiling about it. Sabariel's laughing, and then Ruthar says, "Well, I guess that's settled." He's kind of dissatisfied. Yeah, I do hope you'll at least be uh, willing to come and brief me. Sabariel says, "Give it up, Ruthar. She's too young for you, though." Um, with you involved, I'm sure it would be brief. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I wasn't implying you moldy old ma. He's he, sort of der derisive back at him. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like the place where Shalon wanted to be, which is uh, with Sabariel. It gave her the most freedom and she would still be able to work with Dalinar and, Col and Navani on Yasna's notes, but she didn't want to be beholden to them. Right. So... She's just perfectly pivoted and Sabariel has obliged. She owes him a little, but I like the way that this conversation goes here. Um, who is to say being beholden to this man is any different? Right. And she thinks, Shalon thought, rounding the room to approach where Sabariel sat without wife or family to attend him. He was unmarried. And Sabariel says, almost threw you out on your ear, girl. Yeah. Stupid move, putting yourself in my hands. Everyone knows I like to set things on fire and watch them burn. Yeah. And yet you didn't throw me out, she says. So it wasn't a stupid move, merely a risk that paid rewards. She might drop you. I'm certain not paying that three bromes. That's almost as much as my mistress costs, and at least I get something from that arrangement. Right. You will pay, Shalon says. It's a matter of public record now, but don't worry. I will earn my keep. You have information about Colt the Colons? Ah, she says, so he did care. Right. So she catches that. And then Shalon says, information, yes, about the Colons, less about Colon and more about the world itself. Trust me, Sabaril, you've just entered into a very profitable arrangement. She'd have to figure out why that was, though. Yes. Isn't that awesome? She's like, I'm valuable. I just don't know what kind of value I have for you I just you don't yet. know. Yeah, I yeah. got to figure that. I'll say it first, and then I'll figure out yeah, the value Yeah, it's after. really awesome. It's so awesome. <laughs> I know. It's great. Dalinar Colon slowly stands up. He was like a, a rolling boulder, inevitable and implacable. God, you know, I love him being referred to as stone too. Mm -hmm. It's just great. Um, Aladar trails off. I passed a curious pile of stones along my path, Dalinar says, of a type I found remarkable. The fractured shale had been weathered by high storms, blown up against stone of a more durable nature. 
This pile of thin wafers lay as, as if stacked by some mortal hand. Dalinar turns, walking toward the open windows in the leeward side of the room, and continues, he says, But no man has stacked these stones. Precarious though they looked, they were actually quite solid, a formation from a once-buried strata now exposed to the open air. I wondered how it was possible they remained in such a neat stack with the fury of the tempests blowing against them. I soon ascertained their true nature. I found that force from one direction pushed them back against one another and the rock behind. No amount of pressure I could produce in that manner caused them to shift, and yet, when I removed one stone from the bottom, pulling it out instead of pushing it in, the entire formation collapsed in a miniature avalanche. So he's quoting the, the on, he's quoting the Way of Kings I know. here, right? He's quoting the Way of Kings, which we have not a popular. No, it's not. But <laughs> we haven't from his son. We haven't gotten that in a long time, right? Yeah. But here he is dishing it out. But I love the next response. So the room is kind of like staring at him, mm-hmm. okay? And then Sabariel finally speaks for all of them and says, "Dalinar, what in damnation's eleventh name are you on about? Like, no idea." Yeah. Dalinar's like, our methods aren't working. Years at war and we find ourselves in the same position as before. We can no more fight this assassin now than on the night he killed my brother. The king of Yakoved put three shard bearers and half an army up against this creature and then died with a blade through his chest, his shards left to be scavenged by opportunists. If we cannot defeat this assassin, then we must remove the reason for his attacking. This is what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. If we can capture or eliminate his employers, then perhaps we can invalidate whatever contract binds him. Last we knew, he was employed by the Parshendi. Yeah. So that's what they, they know. We know that he's not an employee of the Parshendi, that he belongs to Teravangian. Teravangian. Yeah. And his motivations are very unknown. Well, they appear to be a little on the studious side of things and also sharing, sharing Sadius and Amaram's opinion that you can do whatever you want in order to get those means done. If right. it means a better elf. Yeah. Car. I think he shares with Zeth at the end of way of Kings that his mission is to save Roshar and right. he'll do whatever it takes to get there. So to save Roshar. So he's not necessarily concerned about a kingdom. Yeah, or or save his his people. Yeah. I think I think he says his yeah. people. Maybe okay. Yeah, we'll his have people? to really look into okay. that. But well, he's the, he's the Carbrantian king, correct? Yes, that's a long. Yeah, it's okay. been a while since we've actually yeah. even had anything from well, Teravangian. So it's a big it's a big epic journey. This thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Ruthar says, "Great, all we have to do is win the war, which we've only been trying to do for five years." And Dalinar says, "No, we haven't been trying, not hard enough." I intend to make a peace with the Pershendi. If they will not have it on our terms, then I will set out into the Shattered Plains with my army and anyone who will join me. No more games on the plateaus and fighting over gem hearts. I will strike toward the Pershendi camp, find it, and defeat them once and for all. Sadius says, Out onto the Shattered Plains? That sounds like a marvelous thing for you to try. Dalinar says, Haytham, I don't see that our situation has changed. The Shattered Plains are still largely unexplored, and the Pershendi camp could literally be anywhere out there, hidden amongst miles and miles of terrain that our army cannot traverse without great difficulty. 
We agreed that attacking their camp was imprudent, so long as they were willing to come to us. Right. Dalinar says, Well, their willingness to come to us, Haytham, has proved to be a problem, because he puts, it puts the battle on their terms. No, our situation hasn't changed, you're right. Merely our resolve. This war has persisted far too long already, and I will finish it one way or another. So what do you think about this plan? I, I think it makes sense. Like, offer the Parshendi peace, and if they don't take it, Destroy them. end this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what other choice do you have? It's costing lives. It's right. creating a bunch of misery. Mm-hmm. If you offer peace and, they, and no one is interested and diplomacy fails, then you truly are at war. And if you truly are at war, then get it done. Right. And Dalinar has I mean, something else that's motivating him in the back, right? It's not just to end the war, but it's to end the war because something else is about to happen. He's got a right, countdown of worse. scratches on the walls. Right. He knows that he must unite them. Well, what was the them. number of days? Wasn't there like a number of days? Yeah, it's like, like a last like time I think it was 38 like 38 day? was the last time we, yeah. Yeah. So something's about, about to happen and Dalinar wants to end this war as soon as he can because he knows yeah. that something's about to happen. Right, right. Well, Sadius here is gleeful with regards to Dalinar's oh, yeah. plan, proposed plan. He's like, sounds wonderful. Will you be off tomorrow or wait until the next day? Yeah. Sadius continues, just trying to estimate when there will be an open war camp. He says innocently, I've almost outgrown mine and wouldn't mind spilling into a second one, Parshendi, uh, once the Parshendis slaughter you and yours. To think after all the trouble you got yourself into by, by getting surrounded out there, that you're actually willing to go and do it again. Adeline stands up behind his father, oh, yeah. red-faced, anger spren bubbling at his feet like pools of blood. His brother coaxed him back down. So Renarin is there. Yeah, Renarin's there, yeah. His brother coaxed him back down into his seat. Shalon thinks to herself, there was something here, obviously, that Shalon was missing. She knows there's something that she's not, she's able to read the room great, she, there's right. something missing. She doesn't know about the plateau. She doesn't know about the, about the tower. About the tower, yeah. Yeah, you're right. She, she doesn't know that. Dalinar says, before the high storm last night, we had a messenger from the Parshendi, the first willing to speak with us in ages. He said that his leaders wished to discuss the possibility of peace. Yeah. So the high princes looked stunned. Peace, Shalon thinks. That would certainly make it easier to get out there and search for Urthiru. Mm-hmm. It would. Right? So that's advantageous. Yep. Dalinar says... That very night, the assassin struck. Again. Last time he came was just after we had signed a peace treaty with the Parshendi. Now, he comes again the day of another peace offer? Those bastards, Aladar says. Is this some kind of a twisted ritual of theirs? Dalinar says, it might be a coincidence. Yeah. The assassin has been striking all over the world, and surely the Parshendi haven't contacted all of these people. However, the events make me wary. Almost, I wonder, if the Parshendi are being framed, if someone is using this assassin to make certain that Alethkar never knows peace. See, that's what I've been saying. Right. So, I don't know if that's true, but but then the Parshendi did claim to have hired him to kill my brother. Right. And that's true. We heard it from... Um, from the three Parshendi. Uh, what's, her, what's her name? Uh, Eshenai. Right. She, she we, basically we heard it from that. her mouth that, yeah, they, they did right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
so it, it was it like five of them there was like five of them that all conspired together right it doesn't make sense to me i, I don't understand it no i don't I, you're not I supposed to fully it. yet but you're getting more and do, more pieces to the, the puzzle do you understand it after rhythm of war uh, i think i think i have i have enough of the puzzle done that i can see the image but there are still some pieces missing really yeah interesting mm-hmm. okay sorry to, uh, sorry to pry i just no uh, no it's all, it's all good curious okay um royon speaks up and says oh, no no sorry um uh, uh dalinar says almost i wonder if the parshendi are being framed if someone's using this assassin to make certain that alcar never knows the piece but then the parshendi did claim to control to and have hired um him to kill my brother royon says maybe they're desperate one faction among them sues for peace while the other does whatever it can to destroy us. It's a good theory. Either way. It's a good theory. Dalinar says, either way, I intend uh, to plan for the worst. I will be making my way to the center of the Shattered Plains, either to defeat the Parshendi for good or to accept their surrender and disarmament. But such an expedition will take time to arrange. I'll need to train my men for an extended operation and send scouts to map farther into the middle of the plains. Beyond that, I need to choose some new shard bearers. Right. And Royal's so like, So I new got excited bearers. about this. What? So, okay. So here's, here's one of the moments. This is one of the moments where I thought, wow, I thought, Sh- I thought Shallan was going to ignite a blade and, and show that she was herself. a shard bearer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, she's going to basically, you know, bring forth her lightsaber and go, I will. And that will just shock the room. And right. I don't know. I, 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 looking back on my little hope or whatever, it seems silly now. Um, I could see it but, though. I could see it. But I, I thought it would be so bold and like, and like, whoa, who's this woman? Like, yeah. she's already made such a brought, splash. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought if she does that, like, then it's going to be a battle between Dalinar and Sadius vying for her attention. Right. And like, I just, I don't know. I just thought it was it's going cool. to be It would have been cool if that had happened for sure. Um, so Royon says new shard bearers and Dalinar says, I will soon come into the possession of more shards. Aladar says, oh yeah. And are we allowed to know the source of this amazing trove? Um, Adeline is going to win them all from you. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's where he's going to get them all. Aladdin's just going to take yeah. them from you in the duel. Oh, oh, my son. Yeah. He's going to take them all from you for, right. for dueling. Dalinar did not seem to intend it as one. As a he, joke, he sits yeah. back down. As a joke, he sits back down and he ends the meeting and it seemed that Dalinar, not the king, truly led again twice. Yeah, another moment She's there, concluded yeah. that. Um, well, I suppose you're going to um, accompany me back to my camp now, says Sebriel to, um, Sebriel to Shalon, which means that this meeting wasn't just the usual waste of time listening to blowhards make veiled threats to one another. It actually cost me money as well. Could be worse, she says. Worse? Mm-hmm. How? Well, I could be boring as well as expensive. Shalon, I right. love her. Just yeah, love it. Awesome. The lines are so great. Um, he says, I suppose that's true. Well, come on then. Just a moment. You go on ahead and I'll catch up at your carriage. Yeah. She walks off seeking the king. To whom she personally delivered news of Yasna's death. Right. She said she would, right? Hello. So this, this last bit of the, this last bit of this chapter, this is interesting. So he tells, she tells Sabariel to wait. She goes right to the king. Yeah. 
tells him about Yasna. Yep. Then, that task done, she seeks out one of the king's scribes. A short time later, she leaves the conference chamber, finds Vatha and Gaz waiting outside, and hands a sheet of parchment, a sheet of paper to Vatha. What's this, he says? Writ of pardon. Sealed by the king. It's for you and your men. We'll soon receive specific ones with their names on them. But meanwhile, this will keep you from being arrested. Right. You actually did it, Vatha says. Storms, you actually keep your word. Of course I did. Not only it, um, note that it only covers past crimes. Yeah. So tell the men, tell the men to be on their best behavior. Now let's get going. I've arranged a place for us to stay. Right. So she's accomplished everything she set out to do in that room. She did it. Told, told Navani and, uh, Dalinar about, um, about the, uh, about Yasna. Kind of reaffirmed yeah. potentially her, her causal with Adelin because he's interested. Yeah. She yeah. got a place to stay that is yeah. independent from the power, fa- uh, uh, the powers. She'll have freedom yeah. to do what she wants. And she yeah. got a writ of pardon for her men. Like. Yeah. She's she, she old not, not 20s for like. Yeah. You know, she just. Yeah. The entire <laughs> exchange. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a great, great chapter. A highlight? What do you think? Um, my highlight's got to be Shalon using this drawing as a focus. Mm-hmm. It's just a really cool thing for her to do. It is. To remind herself, I can be this person. I just have to be it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree. I think it's, uh, yeah, reminding that this is her. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's it's really cool. It's it's so cool. It's such it's so awesome. Um, this what whole a great part. Chapter. I mean, we've been waiting for this for a while. You know, this um, th- these meet this meeting of Shalon and Adeline and Shalon and Dalinar and um, you know, we expected it to be by Yasna's side, but it, she still gets there. It's, um, right. it's really cool. I mean, I, I, I think Shalon does amazingly in this chapter. She is definitely the MVP, um, of, of any and, chapter. And, this is, th- this is and, very successful for her. And Yasna still speaks from the dead. Right. We told, we, right? we like, said this. All that knowledge that she has about each of them. Like, I love that as each of them spoke or she noticed them, you know, speaking to each other, yeah. she knew a little bit about them. She's put like putting all that together. It's just so, it's great. It's really I, awesome. Great chapter. Yeah, it is really it. great. Um, I also love, uh, a you good know what else in- is great? I don't know what else is great. <laughs> I, I just, I don't want to do that every time. Cause it's like, you know, it's just kind of a cheesy transition, but, uh, the yeah. info dump is also really great. Um, we don't have a lot here. Um, in the meeting room, uh, there is a clock on the wall where they can tell time and Adeline refers yeah. to it as Navani's clock. Navani's Fabriel clock. Yeah. One of the things she's worked on. So she's, you know, uh-huh. used a, fa- fa- uh, you know, the Fabriel technologies to make a clock, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. This kind of goes it against cool. what she said before about, oh, I'm just a patron. I don't, you know, don't do much. I just dabble. I'm just here to yeah. help. You know what I mean? She's, she's brilliant yeah, in her yeah. own right. So that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it earlier. There was a mention of the Herald uh, Nalan, which is, you know, it was used Nalan. as a curse kind okay. of thing. Um, and then yeah. we also got another one of those, which is when um, Shalon says, Ash's eyes, he's handsome. Ash's eyes, yeah. And so I wanted to say that's that- That's not the first time we, we've heard that. No. That's, that's come up before. 
before. For sure. So Ash is short yeah. for Shalash, which is one of the heralds. She's the herald of beauty okay. and art. So it makes sense that oh, one that one Shalon okay. would use it because she's in the art, but also she's referring to the beauty of Adeline. So she's invoking the yes. herald of beauty, which is awesome. So right. yeah. So that's the uh, that's the very very quick <laughs> info dump. Um, great, yeah. great. Um, so let's go over what we're doing. We're what are we going to cover what next? What are we reading next? So yeah, I um, what's, what's the I next, looked uh, through next my batch. my layout, and I'm not changing the layout. So the next chapter, or the next episode, is going to be three chapters long. We're going to do 39, 40, and forty one. Three. Yeah. Um, we're gonna. It's going to be a longer okay, episode. Gotcha. Some of these episodes okay. are going to be longer because the the chapters are just meatier in uh in part three. But in order for me to keep kind of my structure of how I want the chapters to be grouped together and their meaning to each, each other. Right. Uh, we, we have to do a th- this the really big three chapter episode. So it'll be okay. uh, um, chapter so be 39, it. 40, and 41 for the listeners if you are reading along with us. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. if you are listening along with us uh, then and you want to be uh, um, able to support the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. You can do one uh, indirectly by telling people to listen and rating and reviewing uh, when you can. If you want to support the show directly, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of and sign up for the Patreon team where you can get bonus episodes, uh, Discord link, um, all kinds of different things. Uh, depending on the tier, we even send you a little care package with a couple of little fun things in there. So so go and check it out at patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to um, reach out to us and just tell us how great or awful we are, we would rather hear the great than the awful. But if you wanted to tell either <laughs> one of those things, you can reach out to us at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at heroesofone. Or you can find us on Instagram at the Storm Pod. Um, this was a really great episode. Uh, I, I, I really love these two chapters. I'm really glad mm-hmm. that our characters are kind of all in the same part now. They're all in the I same know, area. Know. You know, everything it's was all good. split up, and now they're all together. And I just can't wait to see yeah. what shakes up. I'm just really, really excited yeah. for this. So I know. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot for <laughs> listening, everyone. We really, really appreciate you listening. Um, we really appreciate uh, um, uh, all the help from the the Patreon team. So thank you again, Patreon team. You're an amazing group of people. We you know we, we just strive you. to make the show better just for your your earballs but uh thanks for listening and uh, we love you very much until next time take care everybody the storm pod is brought to you by heroes of music and theme song by jack forest productions additional music by jason Moray. produced by our wonderful patreon team and the heroes of a Catherine.